Welcome to the Trust Corner. Cyber attacks make headlines daily as the threat landscape changes with the constant innovation of technology. Meanwhile, the importance of physical security is often left out of security conversations. Offices, data centers, and other facilities provide threat actors potential access to private and personal data, while attack surfaces continue to expand as personal and industrial Internet of Things devices increase our connectivity rates. How can companies address these evolving security needs and provide their customers, partners, and employees with the highest level of security possible? Our guest today is John Kuvert, Global Head of Physical Security for SAP. His 33 years of experience in physical security, law enforcement, and the military has provided him optimal tools and expertise to manage security program areas within SAP, including facility operations, employee safety, access provisioning, investigations, intelligence, crisis management, travel security, event security, and data center security. Under his leadership, SAP Physical Security has raised its game to handle small and large incidents more quickly and effectively, and SAP is constantly searching for ways to improve and add more value to our customers. Welcome to the Trust Corner, John. Thank you very much, Elena. Hopefully, uh, I mean, I'm really impressed with the bio, so hopefully I can live up to it. So I appreciate the welcome. Happy to be here. Perfect. I'm sure you're going to exceed that. Thank you. Not unlike cybersecurity, physical security is a very interesting field that requires specialized knowledge. How did you get started in the physical security space? That's a very good question. I think, uh, well, first off, I think I was destined to be in this field. I, I come from a, a long uh, family line of uh, people who work in law enforcement and security. So both my, uh, my dad, my mom, and my brother, and uncles, and great-great-grandfather. So, so like I said, I, I think I was destined to be in this, in this line of work and calling. Um, I was fortunate enough to start uh, when I was 18 years old in the, uh, in the U.S. Marine Corps, and I was selected to work for a very unique and actually challenging environment working for the U.S. State Department. Um, providing security overseas at uh, several embassies. I was fortunate enough to work in Moscow, um, also Ottawa, Canada, and Kinshasa, Zaire, or, or actually what we know as the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And uh, additionally, I was uh, selected to work for uh, uh, the White House uh, in 1989. Goodness, I'm gonna date myself here, so. Yeah, so I've, I've been fortunate enough and yeah, I've worked in the private sector. I was a police officer as well in uh, Las Vegas for six years. And I've had my own company. I've consulted, worked for private security firms, other technology companies. So I've, I've definitely been blessed and have had a wealth of experiences to um, build in, in my role. Amazing. It sounds like you really had the opportunity to have that uh, close personal family connection and exposure, uh, cover really broad geographies, and work in the both public and private sectors, which really gave you that unique experience within security, both physical and, of course, now cyber. But tell me also more about your SAP journey. When and how did you come to work at SAP? Uh, 
So I was fortunate if I started, um, I'd started at actually at SAP Concur at one of our lines of business uh, and acquisition. I started in 2014. I came in managing effectively the same role at Concur. I was the head of physical security for Concur. And then eight months into my role, SAP acquired SAP Concur. And so typically what you'll find in those uh, acquisitions, there's already a, you know, there's already a, a very high level of expertise in the company that makes that acquisition, right? Fortunately for me, uh, they left me alone to manage uh, my own uh, program at Concur for just about three and a half years. So there really wasn't a whole lot of interaction at the time. And the physical security team at SAP was actually going through some transition themselves, moving out of uh, the real estate and facilities team. And then eventually they moved under the cybersecurity team or what we call SGS, which you, know, you and I are both fortunate enough to be on the, uh, the senior leadership team of. So in that, um, Tim's predecessor and my predecessor had started those two organizations, uh, at least as far as the convergence goes. And then I, once that three and a half year mark hit, I then started, um, I was actually the head of the America's physical security team for a short amount of time. We started a search, we found someone to fill that role, and then I took over the protective services responsibilities at that time. And then some changes happened within the org. Tim came on board, which we were fortunate to get Tim McKnight to join us as the, the, the chief security officer. And then he opened up the role and took interviews and selected me to become the head of physical security at uh, SAP. So kind of quick, down and dirty. Yes, well, we're very lucky to have you with us at SAP. Um, now, we'd also like to have your perspective on security, both physical and cyber. Uh, cyber is often in the headlines and has slowly but surely become a priority for businesses. But what about physical security, John? What do businesses overlook in terms of securing their facilities, data centers, or offices, or even employees? You know, it's it's a really good question, I, and I agree. Cyber has been a primary focus across the industry for a long time, and rightfully so. I think we see thousands of attacks every day, right, for the company um, and for most organizations. I would say the same, whether it's hacking attacks um, or uh, phishing emails, smishing, whatever the case may be, social engineering. So we see we see that on the on on a pretty significant scale. For us on the physical security side. It, I would say that the expectation has been very simplistic in the past, and what we're trying to work against, at least, is this very, you know, um, very limited version or vision that you know it's it comes down to security guards and access cards. That that's what physical security is. Um, but the reality is, when you look at security, when when we describe what effectively is the castle. You have a you know you have this image of uh, you know grandiose buildings and towers and uh, parapets and drawbridges and moats that protect the front. And for us, our role is to make sure that the back side of the castle is also protected because there's usually always one weak area or a couple of weak areas that are used to exploit um, gaining entry into a facility. So for us, putting 
the right controls and processes into place from a physical security aspect, uh, looking at insider threat, uh, or making sure that the, the vendors and the partners that are supporting us in our efforts, uh, working in the data center environment or working within our facilities, and then properly screen that they have the proper accesses and the proper approvals is an important part of what it is that we're delivering or even escorting technicians or escorting people who are visiting, establishing the right visitor management policies and procedures. So those are all part of those concentric rings that I was talking about. And if you don't have those layers, uh, you effectively are just going to create a bunch of weak points. It's definitely important, John, as you said, for businesses to have that holistic perspective and not just focus on one aspect. And this is what we heard in your answer as well. In order to do so, it's likely that both cyber and physical security teams have to work together very closely. How can cybersecurity and physical security teams best collaborate to secure uh, our customer um, uh, information and data and what would you actually advise for other companies that are looking to recreate the same? I, I would suggest that one, the, the, the leadership of those organizations, and if, if you're not like we are here where we're under a single uh, security umbrella, I would say that you have to work to create um, what controls or what baseline you both want to work towards or work from, whether it's um, you know, looking at NIST like us, we use the NIST as our foundation um, in establishing, you know, what your security posture and your maturity looks like, because there are physical security controls built into the NIST CSF framework. And then additionally, those cyber requirements also exist there. So having that commonality between the two organizations is extremely beneficial because we have the ability to look at it, to your point, from a holistic point of view, that if we're all working towards that one foundation, it makes it easier for us to speak the same language. We can operate towards the same direction, same mission and goals. And ultimately, you get to test those as well. Once you have them implemented, you then have the ability to be able to drive um, attestation within the controls framework. So if you're looking to see if you need to improve in one area, um, or one area has been met perfectly, so now you have the ability to be able to focus in other areas to mature those and grow those. So having an established framework for your, your controls uh, is extremely beneficial. And again, like I said, you speak the same language and you have the same direction moving forward. Fantastic. Uh, John, integrating cyber and physical capabilities is a big focus area for all of the industries. I'd like to now focus a little bit more on your current experience. So you took the role you shared with us about three years ago, and you, of course, faced different challenges. You know, probably had to adapt and pivot to the evolving uh, threat landscape. What are the most impactful changes or standards that you have implemented in physical security? That, that is a great question. So for us, the challenge has been SAP historically was, you know, as a technology company focused on the sale of on-prem software, where ultimately the customer was responsible for making sure they had all the appropriate devices and assets and that the platform was rolled out the way that they wanted to. Of course, with the transition to cloud, um, and for SAP specifically, you know, those changes are one that folks um, are having to catch up to. 
um, because there's a it's a completely different set of requirements and expectations from the customer perspective in us providing everything related to the protection of their data, whether it's updates to the software, um, testing, access control, making sure you know, only the appropriate people have access uh, virtually and physically. So the challenge there in educating people of what that maturity growth looks like uh, and making that transfer transformation is, um, is important. So getting people on board, establishing the right security culture um, within that environment for my team and people protect, um, we've had to create uh, from new new organizations within uh, within my team, whether it's uh, specific to data center physical security, it's global investigations capabilities, it's event security, as you mentioned. These are all platforms and programs that were new for SAP because they just there was no expectation for them to be done being an on-prem company. So. Um, knowing that we're now part of that growth mindset, it's it's been fantastic. The challenge, again, though, is getting people um, to see and understand it, as well as being patient. You can't turn, um, I'll use a, a ship description, you can't turn something as large as SAP, which is a proverbial, you know, uh, aircraft carrier or, or large cruise ship, you can't turn it on a dime and make it change direction. So those processes have to take time. Um, in making sure that you're building them out correctly, that you're putting the right controls in place, as well as involving the right stakeholders and partners to be successful. So be patient in the process. It's a marathon and definitely not a sprint. In addition to some of your biggest accomplishments uh, for your team and for the area, John, what is your latest focus? What are you newly prioritizing that you might not have been prioritizing before? Again, another great question for us. I would say the development and build out of um, the team, uh, making sure that I have the right professionals in place to um, grow and develop the organization. And then additionally, for us, um, there are a lot of new technologies taking place, whether it's, you know, whether it's IoT, uh, which is going to be a challenge. There's a lot more reliance on mobile technology uh, you know, whether it's through and you know Android or Apple products, um, so there is an expectation for us to enhance our abilities there. So that will be a challenge to make sure that we're maintaining a secure environment while leveraging the ability of those platforms. Um, additionally, looking at you know the growth of biometrics, the uh, growth of analytics for us to be able to um, Make sure that we're identifying the threats on the cyber side at the same time, identifying the threats on the physical side. Are we, are we marrying up the type of data as far as you know, for you, Elena, if you go into an office in New York or in Pennsylvania, but then all of a sudden we get a login into the network in, in Brazil in your name using your network credentials. Do we have the ability to marry that information together to say, hey, this is a threat? Um, and we need to analyze it quickly and respond to make sure that we're not being targeted, right? So those will be the, ch the challenges for us as we look at technology and where that evolution is going to be and are we keeping up um, and keeping pace with it. While we're making sure we're not being targeted, we know that we live in a dangerous world and employee safety is an important aspect of physical security. Just in the past couple of years, we have faced a pandemic, natural disasters and wars. What have you done to make employees safer in the case of emergency, disaster or even a, a, a military conflict? 
So for us, we've been fortunate enough, you know, in the three and a half coming up on four years that we've grown our capability to monitor these global events. Um, to your point, the, the global pandemic, uh, hurricanes uh, down in the South Atlantic um, and uh, military conflict in, in, in Europe. So for us, our ability, we've grown out our teams. We're watching and analyzing those events. We're responding to them. We were fortunate enough, you know, within People Protect and, and our crisis management team, we were able to get 65 families out of the Ukraine. Uh, we're still engaged and involved in monitoring that environment uh, every single day because we still do have uh, individuals working in the Ukraine. And then additionally, watching the impact, uh, like I mentioned, with Hurricane Ian down in Florida. So we're continually in this process of analyzing, communicating, uh, but also providing on-the-ground assistance where needed because ultimately our job is to make sure business continues and that our employees, which are the, the most important asset that we have, have the ability, one, to continue safely in their life, their personal environments, as well as in the work environment and to be able to contribute and be successful every day. I have to say I admire how your team has been able to help SAP employees, uh, their families in times of crisis, especially during the war in Ukraine. I mentioned the pandemic earlier, which has changed the way we work. SAP now has a pledge to flex where employees have the option to work remotely from the office or both. Has this shift to a more remote workforce affected the way physical security operates? And if so, how so? Most definitely it has, um, and it, it great call out in regards to it because specifically, you know, I think for individuals, we, we're very comfortable when we're at home. It's it's our environment, right? And um, specifically, we, we know where everything is. We know how everything is positioned, located. Uh, but the one thing that we, I think, it, as just normal as human beings, I think there's this normal reliance, and I don't want to necessarily call it complacency, but effectively it is, again, because or comfortable, comfortability would be more appropriate. Because it's we, we know how the doors are locked, we know the windows are locked, whatever the case may be, we don't expect people to um, encroach into our space, but there still is the reality that you can be a target because most of us all have a social media presence of some sort, right? And whether it's whether it's to um, LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, um, people are proud of what they do in their work roles, and they do communicate that they're part of you know, SAP and the same with other organizations. Um, but ultimately, that can't present uh, the bad actors a target. And so you need to make sure your home network passwords are um, up to standard. It is what you have in place at home, what you would use in work, uh, making sure that you're not writing your passwords down on pieces of paper at your desk, making sure that you should still get in the habit of locking your computer keyboard when you walk away from your desk. Um, same with answering you know, it, um, spam telephone calls or spam messages or phishing. So we encourage employees to make sure they, they stay at an increased level of awareness and security. Same with when they're traveling. Um, don't keep your computers or your other personal devices sitting in a car if you're out. If you go to the gym or if you go out to dinner or a restaurant or a bar or whatever, don't leave things sitting in your car. Ultimately, criminals are who they are, and they'll you know break out the glass of, of your vehicle and, 
and steal what they want because they want to make a quick, easy buck. So that that's the challenge. We tend to be in a more um, relaxed environment and you, you just can't let your guard down. So hopefully that makes sense. Yes. John, besides the challenges presented with this more relaxed environment and more remote workforce, what are the biggest challenges that physical security function is facing right now? That's a great question. So I, one, I would say that to make sure that we're meeting our employees' needs, wherever they may be uh, around, around the world 24-7, making sure that we're having the ability to respond to what it is that they're asking for. The second would be is getting people engaged from a culture perspective, that security should be part of their thought process on a daily basis, um, that we're encouraging them um, to be participants. I think there's this common misconception that security is only done by security professionals. Um, but the reality is every employee is part of the security process, whether it's um, holding a door open for somebody and asking them to show their, their company ID, their badge, uh, making sure that their visitors are registered, that their visitors are escorted to the building. So just getting people to participate in the security process is one that we're having to undertake now. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say specifically that it's a challenge. The challenge is making sure that you're communicating effectively to everybody. Um, and this is where your team and, and my team have partnered very well in, in starting this process. So uh, we're, we're excited for the challenge and we're up, we're up for it. John, we talked about the past, the present, and now let's talk about the future. I want to get your perspective. What will change dramatically in the physical security space in the next, let's say, five years? What security needs will emerge or evolve? I do think, uh, based on what I'm hearing, you know, from whether it's our industry or others, I think having the ability to participate in the remote workforce, I think, um, as you see more and more people in coming into the workforce now and those who have already been here for a little bit, I think the two years of the pandemic did show that businesses can run from a remote perspective. So I think seeing that environment and knowing um, you know, the, the challenges as well as the ease in doing that will sit in front of us. So making sure that we're staying on top of that, providing opportunities and avenues to be able to secure the home environment for people will be um, one, of the change, one of the changes that we'll look at. The additional piece will be um, our employees will continue to travel, they'll work. And so just making sure that we're effectively responding, you know, like I said before, responding to their needs um, whenever they call and being extremely responsive. You know, for us and people protect, it's always gonna be that way. And then I would say lastly, the technology piece as technology continues to grow and for us to make sure that we're staying on top of that curve and identifying what those uh, technological, you know, remote monitoring of our networks, uh, meaning making sure that us on the physical side don't become the intrusion point so we have to stay on top of our game as well, that we're continually staying active, securing those networks. Um, but ultimately, also making sure that the cyber side and physical side stay in partnership as we grow. Um, don't get too far ahead of the other, making sure that we're always listening and identifying what the threats are and, and responding accordingly. Hope that makes sense. Fantastic. 
John, what advice would you give to our listeners on how to optimize their physical security programs? Again, I'll, I'll go back to what I said before as far as establishing a specific framework or control that you work from um, is beneficial for us. You know, working from NIST, of course, we have other regulatory requirements that we have to meet. Uh, whether it's you know PCI, PII, and in some cases you know critical infrastructure with our government business. Um, so for us, take advantage of the expertise and the knowledge of those individuals. Uh, for them, they should be identifying or partnering with the business and saying how how can we help you be successful? Whether it's getting engaged on the sales side, whether it's getting engaged. Um, on the marketing side, becoming a subject matter expert, participating in um, in podcasts. Um, so for security, become more of a face than just a name. Participate in the entire business process. So ask questions, understand what the program is about, how they provide their, their service and support to the customers. And, and ultimately that's where they'll find their success. Excellent. John, thank you for sharing actionable advice, personal story, and a perspective on what's coming up next in physical security for SAP and for the industry. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, Elena, and thank you for having me.